Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. I'm, I'm happy you're with us today. I had a couple of guests that were supposed to be on the show today, and there was some kind of a, a mix-up. It was probably my mix-up because, well, I do that sometimes, but hopefully we can have them back on. They were from the what they call uh, the Branch Jail, which is out in the country. And what was unique about this and what I so much wanted them to be able to describe to you, because I happened to take a tour out there, is that— they're really into rehabilitating some of the men that come through the program. Or it's not a program. They're arrested. They're put in jail. And, and so what I really wanted to highlight is the fact that many of these men are coming out of there with trades, certified welding and things like that. And I can tell you, I don't know if you all know this. I probably mentioned it before. But for 20 years of my life, when I was a young man, I was a commercial air conditioning guy. And uh, it was a good trade to be in. You can leave one town and go to another town or even another country. And if you're a good HVAC guy, you can get a job. And the money is good. And the work can be difficult. And you do have to have a lot of training to be a commercial air conditioning guy. In those days, I needed to know electrical, like electronics. I needed to be able to weld, to plumb. Uh, I even had to know pneumatics because many of the big buildings, their control systems were pneumatically run. But enough of that. That's not the point. The point is that the trade can can do for a man what just going and trying to be a day laborer doesn't do for him. It gives him the ability, as I said, to be able to go out to do a job and to have a certain amount to be proud of the fact that he's working and contributing not being a burden on society, but actually being a part of society and the, and the inter, infrastructure of that society. And we've talked about this before. What is the answer to homelessness? There isn't just one answer to homelessness. I wish there were just one and we knew what that answer is, but it is, there is more than one. But certainly for a portion of people that wind up finding themselves in jail for committing crimes, but want to turn their lives around, then to learn a trade is great. And then some of the people out there really would like to see some of the guys as they become released, not only with this trade, but go out to the Union Gospel Mission where, where we can work on their sobriety and to tell them about Jesus. Uh, that's our primary thing. So at any rate, there's a lot of things going on at the mission, too. So I don't have my guests here. Hopefully, we'll get them back on. Uh, but I wanted to let you know, give you an update on what's going on at the mission. And we have a ton of things going on. Before we do that, though, I don't know how this comes about, but uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you that there was some question about how it is or why we make guys go take showers when we're fully up and running, why we have them take showers before they go upstairs. We have a shower area that accommodates 10 men. 
And so there's a little waiting area, the thing, before they get in there. And so we take them in. Uh, as each one is finished up, they're supposed to shower in 10 minutes. We give them clean pajamas, clean sheets, and send them upstairs. And I don't know why that would be a contentious thing uh, that some people have brought up is because, you know, you don't want to be up in a room with 60 homeless men who haven't showered in a week. That's not a good thing. And the other part of that is that when we think that something like that is an imposition to them, let me tell you something. They stand outside all day waiting for showers to open during the day. It's not just at night. And we don't require they take those showers. They come in to get them to be clean. You know, when we close down our showers for remodeling, most people don't realize that we didn't want them to to not be able to shower. So we spent $2,000 a piece to bring in five showers that are all run off of propane and special heaters so that we could accommodate the men and not have them have to not get showers every day. So nothing we're doing is trying to impose on the homeless. We're simply trying to keep everything at the mission as clean as possible, as welcoming as possible for everybody that comes in. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having the showers right now uh, in an enclosed area outside that we paid all that money for. And hopefully when the remodel of the building is done, we'll be able to sell those showers and get some of our money back. But it was either that or rent the showers, and it was going to wind up costing us more than that. So anyway, that's why we do the shower thing. And I want you to know that over the course of the years, we were talking about it with Pastor Mooney the other day, and over the course of the last 10 years, we have fed over a million homeless people through our facility. So it's not like we're trying to be disrespectful to the homeless. It's anything but that. And so why are we remodeling? Well, when I got to the mission, we didn't have the money to remodel, and we had a new building, and the new building had offices, it has classrooms, it has uh, one of our two chapels, and so it looked really nice. It was good, it was up-to-date, it was modern, it was brand new. But then I looked across the campus, and there's an old building over there, and there were scars and bumps and things that weren't working right and all the things that that are indicative of a building that's had heavy use since somewhere like in 1968 at that building. And I don't know when this construction took place, how much of it was done with with volunteers and how much was done with contractors. I don't know. I know it was all done by permit and it was legal. But I wanted something more for our homeless population. It's not for my ego. It doesn't matter if you remember my name once I'm gone from the mission. And I really mean that. Two years after I leave the mission, nobody's going to remember my name much. But that's fine. We're not doing it for that. But at any rate, we started on a program to try to remodel the building. We started to get the funds in because of, well, because of you guys, you who donate to the Union Gospel Mission, you who care about God's work, who care about what we're doing. And so the donations came in, and they came in heavy during COVID as well. 
And so we don't sit on that money. We don't want to just build up, and I told you this before, some kind of war chest that we can have it built up for tomorrow. Obviously, you always want to have something so that in if something catastrophic happens, you've got a few months to keep going. But that's not what we want to do with all our funds. Okay, so now flash, flash forward here. We remodeled the men's break room. We opened up the walls to find dry rot and all kinds of things in there and wiring that just wasn't right. And so it was totally redone from the studs out, new insulation put in, new studs where there needed to be studs, new headers where there needed to be headers, plumbing redone and wiring redone, and air conditioning put in for our 24 program men when they take a break. They work hard sometimes, and they're out in the heat sometimes, and so they needed a place to escape to for a little while. And it also shows them that the people of God care about them personally, not just the people over in the big office. So then the second thing we did was we remodeled the men's dorm. Same thing, ripped open the walls, took out any studs that were bad and replaced them, wired the place, and put air conditioning in the 24 men's dorms, uh, dorm upstairs as well. Because sometimes at night, Sacramento can still be hot. It's not always cool at night. And we wanted to do this for the men and show them the love of God. And somebody would ask, well, why aren't we doing air conditioning in the, where the 60 men are? Because the 60 men from the street come in and have a lot of colds and flus and coughing and wheezing and stuff. And so we're, we're doing EVAP coolers over there to bring in air, try to cool it down. I think we all know how EVAP coolers work. And they work pretty well unless it's really humid outside. But it also flushes out the room upstairs and gets all that stuff outside. But we're totally going to redo theirs. Right now, when you go online at ugmsac.com, you're going to see that the walls have been torn out. We're trying to keep you step-by-step step so you can see exactly what we're doing. Many of you, it's with your money because you're the donors. And so we are tearing everything out. We are rewiring, replumbing everything. We're going to have new ceilings. We've got a brand new roof. The whole building just, they tore the whole roof off. We found a lot of dry rot, replaced the dry rot, put put gutters up there, put the new sheeting on. They've done everything first class. And by the way, in case you're wondering, yes, of course, we're pulling permits on everything. We would not be, we wouldn't impose not only on God, but on the city and be so presumptuous as to do all this without their approval. And the city has worked with us. They've been very good. The the inspectors that have come up have been diligent, but they've been fair. And so I have no complaints about the city of Sacramento and the inspectors that are coming out. I, I thank them for their diligence. If there's something not right uh, being done, we want to know about it because we don't want it to be done improperly either. We've had to jackhammer up the shower because there were cracks in the floor uh, it had already been remodeled once, and the cracks showed up. So 
We are taking the stuff off the wall, the tile that's there, Jack hammering up the floor, putting in this special concrete, I believe, with resin in it. I, I'm not too familiar with how that's going. But then the walls are not going to be tiled. They're going to be single pieces that go up there to help the men. There'll still be 10 shower heads. And yes, they have to shower together. But you know what? I think uh, most of us remember when we started in junior high school that we had showers. And in high school, we had showers. And so uh, that's where we're at with that. And then everything else from the bathrooms that are there, from the where the men come in for the men's clothes closet, all that is being redone. Everything will be not only up to code, it'll be it'll be safe, it'll be modern, it'll be it will tell the homeless people that we care about their accommodations. We don't just care about uh, uh, talking to the world about all the stuff we do. We wanted to put feet to those things. And don't misunderstand. Directors before me wanted these things too, but never had the money to do it. And so we're, we're going full speed ahead, and it's, be, it's amazing. As I watch the walls come off and studs replaced and floors redone and air conditioning repiped and, and just everything brought up to modern standards, I'm just I'm thrilled. But it was a dream of mine from the very beginning to have these things happen. And then the second stage of that will be our dining hall. And again, everything will be stripped off the walls. We will make sure that everything is proper, that it's wired, it's plumbed. We've replaced circuit breaker panels that will feed over to that room. I hope you're not getting bored with all this, but I really want you guys to see what it is that we're trying to accomplish here. And so again, these things aren't you know, for the staff and for, you know, they're for our guests. And that's what we refer to the homeless folks as. We don't want to give them just a flop house to come into. We want to give them something up to date and modern. Now, I'll just go ahead and tell you because it's never a secret. One of the primary reasons that I want all of this done is because I want to declare to them the love of Jesus Christ. I don't want to just give them a bed. I don't want to just feed them. I don't want to just clothe them. And nobody at the mission just wants to do those things. We want to proclaim the gospel of Christ to them. We don't require that they come to Christ, but they're going to hear about it every day. We don't require that, that you believe and say the things we want you to say but you're going to hear about them and you're going to be given the opportunity to come to Christ. By now, you would have heard the new commercial that's out on the air about Father's Day. And uh, frankly, the young man that's on there with me came through the program a few years ago. His name is Willie. He was addicted to a lot of things. He's been on the show with me, including uh, cutting, which is uh, self-mutilation. But Willie is a good, caring, kind, walking with Christ man who's got full custody of his children, and he is a loving, kind father. And I can tell you, he is, he is a man of, of great compassion, great love. He was always a kind man, but he was lost in an addiction, and that addiction doesn't exist for him anymore. 
That's what we're trying to do. I know people think we have different agendas, but there's only one ad- agenda. Philippians 1.27 tells us to be worthy of the gospel. Well, we can never be worthy in and of ourselves of the gospel, but we can yield our hearts to Jesus Christ. We can fall on our knees before him. We can worship him as God, and we can follow what he has told us to do. And if we do those things, praise God, there's going to be fruit that comes from that labor. And what is the fruit I'm looking for? Is it more money from you guys? No, it is not. It is men and women whose lives are changed, who come to that saving knowledge, who never again have to be drunk out on the street or, or violent or all the many things that happens, but they can be the children of God. I pray that for myself. I know how imperfect I am. Well, I may not know exactly how imperfect I am, but I know that I am still imperfect. But you know what? I can only tell you, I can only assure you that my heart wants nothing but the best for these guys and gals out on the street. I want to love God with my whole mind, body, and soul. I want to have the courage that when The world finally comes against the church that I can stand and I can be like Joshua, that I can go into that land and have no fear. I can't tell you. I mean, there's no way for me to convince you these things are the real thing. But once we have remodeled that building, come and look. Once you, when you want, come down and let us give you a tour and show you what we do. Don't listen to what other people say about us. Come and see for yourself. Let us explain how we work, why we work, what we do. You know, the mission has been there. This next year will be 60 years. The mission hasn't been always where it is right now, but it's been in existence 60 years. We do the things we do because we know that they work. We require showers. We require that they not be violent with each other. We require them not to smoke, drink, or do drugs. There are a lot of facilities out there where people can go, and there's no rules, no regulations, but we want to keep them safe. We want to keep uh, the don- or the, uh, the, not only the guests, but those people that come from the churches that are volunteers out there, we want to keep them safe, and I want to keep our, our staff safe as well. But there should be no doubt what our intention is. Our intention is to do the will of Jesus Christ. Do we always do it right? No. I know I certainly don't always do it right, but I can tell you that I I live by the fact that I am saved by grace through faith and that this not of myself. I hearken back always to the fact that Abraham believed God and it was attributed to him as righteousness. And so so I just want you guys to understand that that we are well we're being as real and authentic as possible. There's no question that you can ask that I won't answer you. There's no question my staff can be asked that they won't answer. There's no place that I want to go that 
I don't believe Jesus Christ is sending me. And there's not one dollar we spend that I don't think God is approving us to, to spend. So it's an exciting time in the mission. Like I said, I am well aware that I'm not going to be there forever. But it's not important. It's not important how long I'm there. It's important that after I'm gone, whether they remember my name or not, that the mission carries on doing what it's supposed to do for the next director and the new staff and the new people that they still have the same vision. And that vision is to to follow God and do whatever he wants us to do whenever he wants us to do it. And uh, as I said, that's what the instructions were to Joshua, right? Before he was to go into the promised land and Moses had died, God instructed him, you know, to, to remember all that he had instructed his servant Moses to do. To be courageous, to be very courageous. To not turn to the right, but to remember all his statutes and do them. And so that's, that's the heart of the mission. That's my heart, and that is the heart of the staff. I wish you could see how, we're, how hard some of them work all day long, uh, new programs and new things to help the homeless. That's why we hired Eric Rios as an aftercare specialist to try to help them with resumes and court dates and things that they might need to do to reintegrate back into society. So again, my hope is that you would come and and you would visit us and let us show you around. It's been a very difficult year for us. Uh, I know it has for you too. I'm not minimizing that. We've lost people to the COVID virus. We have, uh, we've seen the, we have had the inability to open our, our services completely up. We never stopped feeding the homeless. We've fed them hot meals ever since the pandemic started. But we want the mission to be fully open to preaching the word of God, not just on a video screen out on the patio, but with the real live preachers. And we want our men to see what it's like on a functioning mission. We're we're about ready to open uh, in a month or so. We're going to reopen the women's clothes closet. Of course, if if we're allowed to do it, and I believe we will be allowed to do it. And so we're going to open the mission back up. We're going to open the women's clothes closet back up. We're going to have new programs that we're doing. And I'm not talking about some fancy uh splash in the pan thing. I'm talking about real genuine programs to help our guys. We're already doing some, including helping the men to get their GEDs. You know, they can stay with us a little longer than we would normally want them to, so they can try to get their GEDs or go to truck driving school or get a trade from somewhere. And so these things are important to us. A lot of these things are not necessarily things that cost money, but they're things that we need to think about. And you know what? You guys are amazing. You really are. Our donors have always supported us, always been on our side. No matter what anybody has said about us, you guys know the truth. And if you want to see it for yourself, come down. 
So as always, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916 447 3268. 916 447 3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.